episode number 161 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast, where you'll learn how to get unstuck, get clear, and live your life deliberately. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're signing up to listen to, I'm the creator of the Unstuck Method and the Clear Way, two groundbreaking self-help tools that promote your emotional health and well-being. I'm the author of the book, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and I'm currently writing my second book, Getting Clear. I teach all about these tools in my workshops, retreats, and coaching programs. I'm married to a wonderful husband named Boaz, and the mother of four children. I'm an avid yogini, and I'm passionate about composing music. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, and now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you for joining me today. So I am recording this podcast episode not from the forest, but from my home, because today my kids have gone back to school. So in Israel, which is where I live, many restrictions regarding the coronavirus have been lifted, and kids are back in school. And while that change actually happened a couple of weeks ago, I actually offered the option to my kids to stay home for the remainder of the year, since we kind of got into a nice homeschooling groove, and they really seemed to be thriving during that time. But they're back, which is bittersweet, but such is life. Today I want to talk about people-pleasing, but before I do, I would like to share with you an iTunes review that I received last week. It comes from Hadar Sela. She wrote, I am a weekly listener and a Living Deliberately certified coach. This week's podcast knocked it out of the park. She's referring, by the way, to last week's episode on falling off track. It's okay to fall off track. There is no need to place extra drama on the situation. We are all human. We make mistakes. In a way, that is the essence of this journey we call life. Kudos, Shira, for continuously reminding us to keep picking ourselves up no matter what. Thank you, Hadar, for taking the time to share your thoughts about episode number 160. It really was a topic that was near and dear to my heart, so I'm really glad that it resonated with you. And thank you for taking the time to leave the review in the first place. I know iTunes doesn't make doing so very user-friendly, so anyone who actually is able to leave a review, I know you probably made a concerted effort. And I just want to say thank you because when you do so, when you leave an iTunes review, it helps others who are looking for a podcast similar to this one to be able to find mine. And so I appreciate it when listeners make that effort. So thank you again, Hadar, and to each of you who have left me a review in the past. If you are listening now and you'd like to leave me a review and you have no idea how to do that, you can head over to my website, shiragura.com forward slash iTunes for an easy step-by-step guide on how to do so. Okay, so over the past week, both in my personal life and in the life of some of my clients or people that I have come in contact with, a certain common topic has shown itself over and over and over again. And so it's something that I wanted to share with you all today. So as you know, we all get stuck, every single one of us. 
And by that, I don't mean just the people who listen to this podcast, but every single person in the world. If you are a human, you get stuck. And the reason you get stuck is because you have a mind. And the nature of the lower mind specifically is to interpret facts as they arise in your life and respond to them in a way that will defend you so that you will survive that moment efficiently and effectively as possible. Now, when I say survive, in caveman times, that meant running away from a hungry lion or a hungry tiger. And for most of us, we are not facing such physical threats on a daily basis, but we are facing perceived threats, like a boss not acknowledging our work, or a child being disrespectful, or a spouse being less than grateful. And we get stuck on those circumstances because we place our thinking on top of whatever the facts are. And it is our thinking that causes us to get stuck. Living deliberately is all about learning how to create the life you want to live and manifesting that by using tools to help you along your journey. It's all about the tools, really. During the corona times, I started a garden. I wasn't really into gardening so much in the past, but all of a sudden I had all this time on my hands and I thought it would be a really great activity for me and for the kids. And I took them out to the store to buy all sorts of things, plants and vegetables and spices. It was really great. The problem was I didn't have tools to plant the things that I bought. So I went over to one neighbor who had a rake and that was not going to work. (laughs) And then I went over to another neighbor who had an enormous shovel and that wasn't going to work either. It was only when I went to my third neighbor who offered me actually three different tools, a spade and then two other handheld tools that were just perfect for what we needed. And as we were putting our garden together, it really made me appreciate the power of tools. Because while you can't always rely on yourself to get the job done, you can depend on your tools as long as you have the right ones and you know how they work. And this is exactly why I created the Unstuck Method and the Clear Way, two tools to help you live deliberately. Anyway, if you're listening to this podcast, it probably means that you are either interested in learning more about those tools or you are already using them in your life. And you probably already know by now that if you are stuck on something, You are the only person in the world responsible for getting yourself unstuck. It is not up to anyone else in the world to prompt you to get unstuck or to do that work for you. But we don't live in a world where everyone is practicing to live deliberately, right? We don't live in a world where everyone knows that they get stuck on a regular basis. And so we don't live in a world where people are getting themselves unstuck on a regular basis. And so we live in a world where sometimes, and maybe even very often, not only are people in our lives getting stuck, they're getting stuck on us, right? (laughs) They're getting stuck on things that we said, or we didn't say, or things that we did, or that we didn't do, or things that we wrote, or we didn't write, or 
how we dress or how we didn't dress or what our politics are or what food we ate or how we ate. Other people are getting stuck on us. That's a fact. And then what happens? Well, if they're not practicing self-development, there's a good chance any number of things may happen. They may become passive aggressive. They may stop speaking to you. They may start gossiping about you. They may unfriend you on social media or any other behavior which they consciously or unconsciously choose to do or think. And then the question is, what do you do about it? If you are aware that they're acting in that way because of you, what do you do? I mean, they may be walking around with this terrible attitude towards you, or they may stop speaking to you, or they may disengage with you. And remember, this can be a friend or a neighbor. This can also be a spouse or a child or a sibling or a parent. What do you do? Now, the feeling you get when someone is disappointed in you is really hard. It is not pleasant. And the lower brain, remember episode number 147, it wants to protect you. And so the easiest and most efficient way to remove the pain is to go directly to the source of the suffering, which is the other person's mind, and apologize. Even if it's for something that you're not even aware that you did, but you're apologizing because the other person is hurt and you feel that if you apologize, things will be better. And what I want to offer you today is that that way that I just described is not necessarily in alignment with living deliberately. Living deliberately is not about going around in your life trying to please other people so that they will like you or so that they will stop being upset with you. I know that you want to feel liked in this world. I think everybody wants to feel liked in this world. Everyone wants to feel their place in this world. But running around and trying to please other people is not your job on this earth. If they are stuck, it is their job to get unstuck. If someone else is upset with you or stuck on you or disappointed in you, it's their responsibility to get unstuck, not yours. It is not your job to go person to person to person on a daily basis and ask, what did you do to make them feel so badly? And then to try to change yourself in order for them to feel better. Now, all of this being said, there is a fine line between acknowledging your role or the truth in how you may have hurt someone and you owning up to that versus feeling the need to confront people and ask how you should change in order for them to feel better on a regular basis. And I want to emphasize on a regular basis, because this is really my point. Yes, for sure, if I am at all hesitant with how I may have spoken or acted, and I feel that someone may have gotten hurt because of that, even though I do believe that person is 100% responsible for themselves, I absolutely will initiate a conversation to talk about it, to share my intentions, and apologize if I need to. But 
This is not something I do on a regular basis. For the most part, I don't know who may be upset with me and for what, and I don't go chasing people to find out. Again, because I don't see their emotional health and well-being as my responsibility. Let me give you a recent example that happened in my life. Last week, my community held an evening of interactive improvisation. It wasn't a show, but rather the community members gathered together, keeping our space, of course, and participated in the acting. The invitation for this event was sent out earlier in the week, and I responded that I wanted to commit to go. It was by RSVP only in order to keep the numbers in accordance with the Ministry of Health. The event was to take place on Thursday night. Earlier that day, I thought to myself that my husband would probably enjoy this event as well. And if I know him well enough, he probably didn't respond saying that he was interested in going. So I told him that I was planning to go and would he like to join me. In our younger days, we used to go to a lot of theater when we lived in Boston together. And he often spoke about his regret in never taking acting classes And we've gone to these kinds of events in the past a lot. And he said he'd like to join me. Great. About an hour before the event, everyone who RSVP'd received a WhatsApp message, like a text message, from the facilitator to please arrive on time. So 10 minutes before the event, I told my husband I was planning to leave. He said he needed a few more minutes and would I wait for him. And I explained to him that I committed to showing up on time but that he can take his time and I'll save him a seat, which I did. Great. (laughs) So the facilitator starts this warm-up activity where we stand in a circle. We were like 10 people. And she threw a sponge ball to one person and asked a question relating to Corona. Then the person would answer and then throw the ball to someone else and ask them a question and so on and so on. When my husband arrived, Someone had just thrown the ball to me, and I started answering the question, which I don't remember now what it even was. It doesn't matter. The point is, is when I was done answering, I had to throw the ball to someone else. And at that point, half the people already answered. And I thought to myself that to help my husband get into the game in a kind of easy way, I would toss him the ball since he was standing right next to me, and I would explain to him what we were doing. So I tossed him the ball and said, just share something that you enjoyed during the last two months. And he answered, which was great. When he was done, he tossed the ball to the person on his right, who said, I already answered, throw it to somebody else. And I think this is where things got kind of hairy, because my husband got embarrassed because he didn't really quite know what was going on and to whom to throw the ball and even what to ask. It was obvious, and the leader said, just throw the ball back to me and I'll continue the game, which was great. At least I thought it was great. But it apparently wasn't because under his breath, he said, you shouldn't have done that to me. That was really not okay. Whoa. I was like, whoa. There I was inviting him to this event to hang out with me, to have fun with me. I'm trying to do something helpful to get him into the setting. And here he was muttering under his breath how disappointed he was in me 
over something, in my perspective, was so ridiculous. Now, maybe this isn't the best example, and I'm sure I can think of tons of other examples from the past week to share with you, but it just happened and it's fresh in my mind, so I'm going to continue explaining. In that moment, I got stuck on his stuck spot. I got hurt because I believed I didn't do anything wrong and he shouldn't have said that to me because he took it really the wrong way. But within seconds, I noticed I was stuck. I got myself unstuck using the unstuck method and I reminded myself because I had gotten clear before going into the event of how I wanted to be. I had committed to showing up being joyful And I told myself that my husband's remarks and his attitude are not going to affect me. If he wants to be stuck or grumpy or whatever he was feeling, that's his choice, not mine. And I don't need to please him by asking him if what I did was hurtful and what can I do to make it better. It really wasn't my responsibility in that moment. My responsibility, at least in my opinion, in that moment and for that evening was to take care of myself and stay aligned with who I committed to being. His responsibility, again, in my opinion, was to get himself unstuck if he wanted. That was not my responsibility. And he didn't get himself unstuck as far as I noticed. He spent the evening stuck and I spent the evening having and creating fun. Now, I could have apologized, and maybe there really was some truth in the fact that I shouldn't have done what I did, and yet, in my opinion, if my husband was feeling hurt, it was his responsibility either to get unstuck or to initiate a conversation with me or something. While I very much do care about my husband's emotional health and well-being, I am not ultimately responsible for it. That's the bottom line. Now, later that night, when we returned home, he actually apologized for muttering what he said under his breath. He acknowledged that he just felt put on the spot, he felt embarrassed, and he blamed me, which is what we do in our lives quite often, right? We blame the people that are closest to us. And that happens. It's a part of life. But what also came from that conversation that he took responsibility for initiating, not me, was that I saw some truth in the fact that in the future, I don't need to be so concerned for helping my husband feel comfortable in any social situation. In other words, in the future, I will just keep playing the game and let my husband participate on his own terms when he's ready. And I really got that. And I'm glad that we were able to have that conversation. But most importantly, I'm glad I didn't run to him and beg for his forgiveness for doing something wrong. Doing so, and definitely as a regular part of who I'm being in the world, is not aligned with the person that I want to be and that I want to become. The person that I want to be in the world is not someone who pleases everyone. It's not someone who knows that everything she says will be something that everyone in the world is going to agree with. And it's not someone who needs everyone to like her. I don't need that. That's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. I want to be the person that I'm committed to being. 
and the rest of the world can take responsibility for whether or not they like me, for whether or not they want to be my friend, for whether or not they want to accept me for who I am and for who I'm not. And this isn't easy, my friends, because remember, your lower brain is there to protect you. It doesn't want you to feel like people don't like you because that's not a good feeling. And yet, what others think of you is really their business. It's their minds, it's their thoughts. And by trying to please them, well, it's not only not necessarily going to work, it's not necessarily going to be in alignment with the person that you want to be in the world. Do you want to be a people pleaser? Or do you want to define who it is that you want to be in the world on your own terms and commit to living up to that? Now, it's also not to say that if you are noticing that suddenly people, I don't know, they don't want to be around you for some reason, or that people are distancing themselves from you, you definitely may want to take a good look at yourself and see how you're showing up. And if you are being the kind of person and friend and family member that you actually want to be, there's definitely value in that. But what I am saying is that you don't necessarily need to adjust who you are being in order to meet the requirements of how others want you to be. Take a moment and see if you have the tendency in your life to be a people pleaser. Do you not feel comfortable when you believe people don't like you or people have a problem with how you're being in the world? Do you have a tendency to try to fix yourself in order to make other people happy? And if you do, how does that serve you? Do you feel better about yourself for trying to change yourself according to how other people want you to show up or not? Remember, if you do feel that you missed the mark and you do feel that there is room for you to make amends or apologize, by all means, I am not condoning that at all. But what I am saying is how often you may be trying to please other people or apologize for who you are being at the cost of giving up being the person that you simply want to be. Okay, my dear friends, I am so curious to hear how you received this episode today. I truly would love to hear your thoughts on this one. Feel free to share them with me inside of the Living Deliberately Facebook group. I have so much more goodness to share with you in the upcoming month, and I can't wait to share it all with you. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week, and as always, I look forward to living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. For more information on my workshops, programs, and retreats, please visit me on my website at shiragura.com. See you next week.